What's up, guys? You're listening to Urban, the premier podcast on built environments and the people and processes that shape them. I am your co-host and producer, Will Irvine, and I am joined by... What's up? I'm Nelson Nelson. Hey. Hell yeah. How you doing, man? Um, I've felt better. My family is uh, a little bit under the weather at the moment here in, in Amsterdam. We had some risky behavior, and now we have we have <laughs> we have symptoms that um, align with uh, COVID. We haven't been tested because tests are for basketball players and celebrities and dying people, apparently. <laughs> and so it's it's unconfirmed. Tests exclusively reserved for the Utah Jazz. <laughs> And so we're, we're just like, oh, do we have a God. flu or, you know, are we part, like building ourselves as like a, a portion of the herd immunity or, you know, what's the, really the, the situation here? But anyway, I've, I've felt better, but at the moment, like I'm sitting up and having a conversation. So it, that feels nice. Well, it's, I'm happy to have you here, man. Sorry that you've been feeling under the weather. I hope that you have a quick turnaround and can actually breathe like a functioning human being sooner rather than later. Yeah, so reason in advance for any listeners that, you know, can pick up the heavy breathing uh, on the mic. <laughs> it's a sign of the times. So. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, what podcast pivot from uh, urban design and planning into just Will's on the phone line with a, a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And this is a, I mean, this topic is, it's something that we've kind of played around with talking about, because I think, you know, earlier on in our episode catalog, we didn't really expect this to become as serious as it has kind of developed into. And I, I think we've both kind of come to the agreement that we can't really skirt around this topic anymore. So... I think the plan for for this episode is just going to be we're going to address it and then just kind of move on so that we don't necessarily just become a podcast dedicated to talking about COVID-19 because I am we're not uh, public health experts or doctors unless Nels has been withholding information from me. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I think it makes sense to, to touch upon it um, and, and use the opportunity to talk about what cities can do about communicable diseases uh, in a broader sense. And, and then, uh, yeah, indeed, put it away and continue focusing on badass uh, urban content. Hell yeah. Instead of just this this epic-sized shit show. So it's, I think it's, it's important to preface it. Nels, what's your on-the-street moment? My on-the-street moment is we're in day 22 of uh, kind of like soft quarantine. So, Ooh. day 22 of, you know, my kids not having daycare and me and my uh, partner staying home with the kids and trying to work and tearing our hair out and being sick. And, but, but, but we're allowed to go outside and go to the park and nice. stuff like that as long as we stay away from other people. So, we've, we've, we've been, like, finding, like, secret playgrounds and stuff like that uh, around the city, places where there's, like, no <laughs> other people trying to hang out there because actually the weather's been kind of decent oh nice there's this one kind of funny playground that was just logs stacked up in rows so it was kind of like it it made like a very challenging thing to walk over if you're got short legs and um i appreciated the simpleness because it was obviously put together maybe five or six years ago and and you know how like old logs start to kind of like decay and stuff like they become like yeah kind of like big soft lumps but some parts are still hard there's this kind of like this natural aspect to it nice so, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, i like that it's a good good organic uh, playground 
I also just even like you know what uh, imagining it it's like um a playground but on like advanced difficulty yeah um as you said like uh if if kids can't really easily traverse it then that's kind of cool yeah and, and like nothing is like square obviously because it's all organic shapes and so oh nice yeah, it, it's, it's, it's got a different element than like kind of the direction where playgrounds have gone where everything is you know standard sizes and safety protected and stuff like that hell yeah that sounds awesome and it's like i don't know it is kind of cool that um this kind of moment in time can more so even be like an opportunity for um i don't know just trying to seek out less populous areas of a city it's almost like feels like a weird augmented reality game of some sort where you're just your goal is to find the least populous area where you and your family or friends can just chill without worrying about getting anyone else sick yeah totally yeah and besides that like uh like we, we took a bike ride through downtown which is completely empty and that was like really nice to just you know kind of see the city in, in the zombie apocalypse mode yeah <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> uh, it's been weird though how about you yeah dude also very strange i don't know one of the things i've noticed is just how friggin' quiet it is all the time yeah oh um, totally yeah low decibel volume kind of quiet yeah, yeah. yeah it's 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 crazy and just seeing how all of this pretty much our open areas completely change when people are kind of encouraged to stay inside um so it's super quiet there are very very few cars on the street like zero planes but at the same time you can like step outside and everyone is out like walking their dogs or going to parks and stuff or i saw that we a couple blocks away there's like an empty lot and some parents in the area just like built bike ramps and scooter ramps for all their kids oh what that, that's, so, like, that's so colorado for me <laughs> <laughs> crunchy as hell baby. yeah so like it's it's been really kind of kind of funny because it's still like this really weird eerie kind of feel of just like all right everyone's like supposed to be inside and like it's it's super quiet and stuff but at the same time there's like a really kind of strong sense of community bonding almost and it's just like i don't know there's like a lot more kind of social ish aspects of being outside um like i don't know it's it's really interesting to see where this is like um cohesiveness mm -hmm. yeah so. cohesiveness where you can't get close to people it's very strange it feels like a really historic moment um that people are going to be dissecting for a long time i'm kind of absolutely curious it, to see what the like the macro results are absolutely and i think it's fascinating too at least um being a, a zoomer or a millennial whichever one i fall under because this is like the first real kind of crisis that people of my generation are kind of facing in where you know where the we're young adults just starting out to get our first jobs or still in college and younger and now we're faced with an economic recession and um like the second coming of the plague so <laughs> it's it's like the first historic thing that actually feels like it's really strongly affecting um everyone and it's super fascinating to see because i've never experienced something like this before mm. and i know it's going to be the same for a good chunk of people around my age i think so it's i don't know it's going to be strange 
I'm, but yeah, I'm like you. I'm very interested to see what actually ends up happening. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. The like the collective psyche of like for the for those people for whom this is going to be like a, a lifetime shaping moment versus like us who are just yeah. like oh I'll just like bear it for like a couple months and get back to my normal stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. This is our, our first actual crisis. So, like, I've got friends already who were just, like, texting me, just, like, panicking about their jobs. And even, like, um, my supervisor um, at my current job was just, like, you've picked... And you've also already said this to me before, but there's just kind of that sense of, like, you've picked the best time to go back to school because uh, <laughs> there's there's no certainty in, in anything else in the economy. Yeah. So, I don't know. My on-the-street moment is communities coming together and my uh my work prospects for my generation for the near future are grim yeah so yeah yeah, take take all that um student debt you have and uh, leverage it to um buy the dip and uh, hopefully you can you know get rich on the upswing of the stock market (laughs) (laughs) jokes on you nels i'm going the complete other way (laughs) gonna take my student debt and just add to it (laughs) (laughs) oh god but but with that said, I think that's a, a fitting segue in these weird times to jump into our actual topic, which you seem to be very informed about. You've written an article about it, and it, it's kind of been something that we've touched on very briefly in one of our other topics on healthy cities. But let's I'll let you lead us into it. What are we going to be talking about, man? Yeah, sweet. So yeah, the way this is all going to shake out is that the healthy cities episode will be later than this one um but anyway the um the the topic is communicable diseases in cities and what what that means for urban resilience and this is an article that i wrote with my friend sam sternen back in 2018 and that was Hell after yeah. sars and mers and a couple other of these previous covids had floated around and it was a reaction to the current state of affairs in the urban resilience discussions. So this was back in 2018 when 100 Resilient Cities was one of the most defining forces and the World Economic mm-hmm. Forum discussions were really focused around building resilience. And so we, we kind of asked ourselves, like, what, how does communicable disease fit into the, the urban health discussion? And mm-hmm. at that time, um, it didn't really, which was kind of interesting. Urban health for a bunch of years was really focused around non-communicable diseases. So that means mm. obesity, heart issues, diabetes, accidents, suicide. Yeah. You know, it's like all those things that yeah. you don't catch, like that happen to you. So, so we're trying to make healthier, safe, safer cities and the way things go is the the richer a country you are, the higher proportion of um, non-communicable diseases you have in your um, in your sick population. So, as you clean up your water supply and, and other things, your your rate of communicable diseases goes down. Well, yes. we kind of said that you know cities still have to pay attention to the issue of communicable diseases because there are going to be other threats out there and people aren't really paying attention to it. Lo and behold, 
2020, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Love in the time of coronavirus. So, oh, God. yeah, th th this article wasn't really like I told you so. I know that some people were like, I saw this coming. You know, it wasn't really like that. It was more about like, <laughs> you know, what, where does public health and, and urban planning meet to actually mm -hmm. like help design cities or, or make cities in such a way that can prevent communicable diseases, not just um, non-communicable ones. Yeah, and it's, I don't, I don't know, it's it's super interesting because, as you said, it's it's not an I told you so, but it still makes the article more present, more important, yeah. and topical than ever. And it's more so just kind of a reminder of this is still something very, very, very important that we actually need to, to focus on. Yeah, totally. So... I'm going to start with the, the kind of high-level conclusion, which is that just approaching a city with a health lens is can be very expensive. Like if you wanted to say mm -hmm. we wanted to, you know, achieve this health outcome, let's just throw money at it. It's going to it's going to be crazy expensive. However, yes. so so it'd be like the standalone framework, but it's much more effective if you can think about epidemic prevention into everything else that you're doing, whether, you know, urban planning, your management, your, your budgets to, mm. to help avoid the, the, the next pandemic. And there's been some lists going around about like 10 things that cities can do to prevent pandemics. And I think some of them kind of miss the ball. You know, I think there's some, some simple things that more modern cities can do, like just have like contactless uh, payments for, um, mm. for, for transit. Wider sidewalks are, are obviously gonna be higher on people's priority list as we're as we're aware that we don't always want to be super close to each other yeah but you know in developing countries and, and even here like if you're thinking about um a waste management system or something else having another box to check of you know how might this impact health and the spread of disease mm. is just like a, a consideration that was definitely not on people's radars especially in the, the wealthier countries and hopefully now can come back get back on there yeah it's super interesting because I've, I've constantly heard people frame covid to me as being a wealthy person's disease and i think it's it is super interesting to kind of come back into this because you know the discussion of uh communicable diseases especially in in developing countries is is like pretty significant stuff like having access to like healthy and clean water supplies um healthcare just basic sanitation stuff and it's so interesting because this one is still such like a person-to-person -person transmitted diseases that it, it really kind of comes down to how we act and behave on a day-to-day -day basis and the spaces and places that we choose to interact or behave in and so I do think that design and planning 100% comes into this and makes it something very important for considering. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting take that COVID is um, a wealthy person's problem. And, you know, definitely it seems to be hitting the places that have big airports sooner than others. But uh, depending on the direction it takes, it could really be the opposite. There's a lot of underserved areas in the U.S. and, of course, other parts of the world mm. where if it were to catch on like wildfire they would have a lot more issues than you know in boston or new york or seattle even where there there you know there are plenty of hospital beds not plenty but more than like some of these places in the u.s south yeah 
And at the end of the day, it's messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> no matter what way you slice it. Yeah. So yeah, urban design can play a role in addressing more unforeseen communicable diseases. And as you were saying, it's not something that necessarily comes into some of the consideration when it goes about designing. Would you say that that's... What are some of the factors that kind of play into kind of skirting around this discussion, this implementation of things? Yeah, I think it, it really bumps up against a word that is on people's tongues when it comes to this, which is density. Mm. People, uh, I've, I've seen some articles about how this might be the death of density and New York is a big issue. But my reaction to that is dent or it's, it's, it's tough. Like, I think the word density can be misleading. I think what people are really worried about is crowding. Um, you can mm. be you can be really dense without feeling crowded if there's enough amenities and public space, everyone living there. But if you don't have those amenities in those facilities, then it's going to feel crowded. And so yeah. um, some of the most dense places in the world, like Singapore, are, are not ha- being that hard hit. Uh, Manhattan, which is denser than parts of Brooklyn or Bronx, where it's being hit harder than in Manhattan. You know, it, it goes to show mm-hmm. that like density and, and, and spread of this disease are not one to one. And yeah. if if I think about uh, slum residents in parts of the world, like yeah, they're dense, but they they really feel crowded because there's not that that quality infrastructure and, and quality housing. Um, people's homes and schools and uh, workplaces are all much more crowded. The, yeah. the transportation they take is much more crowded and, and poorly ventilated. So it could really, you know, take a, a whole other life of its own there. And, and same with these some of these other diseases. Like, it's not just SARS and MERS. You know, we're also talking about yellow fever. We're talking about cholera, Zika, mm. and... You know, who knows what else? Actually, when, when I was doing research for this article, there's still cases of um, the plague in uh, Madagascar that come up once in a while <laughs> in the markets. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the my plague, God. The plague death is still out there. <laughs> oh, my God. Super comforting. <laughs> it's, it's, I just keep seeing these tricky things to bring up at the same time, too. But the fact that one of the big issues with this disease are the fact that people still, to a degree, aren't fully taking it seriously. But I just remember seeing, like, a meme or a tweet or something along the lines of, it was like an anti-vaxxer saying, like, oh, no, like, we don't need any vaccine from this, like... Um, the the plague went away with um, <laughs> without like any vaccines and it's fine. And then somebody like underneath commented and it was just like, I don't think like you understand that it went away because so many like people died, exactly. like so, two thirds of people in Europe or something like that. So it's I, I don't know. It's a it's a tricky one. But yeah, shout out to the plague. Still not learning. Yeah, and I, yeah, I feel like cities have had this stigma for a long time and uh, probably will continue mm. to have this stigma just because people get the idea that a lot of people living close to each other are inherently a public health hazard. And a lot of our mm. work actually has been around making cities safer. Like, the, you could almost say the, the beginning of both epidemiology and urban design as such was that John Snow map where he mapped cholera cases in, in London. Really, yeah, like, and it came back to like water sources. Exactly. Didn't? It came back to just one well that was getting people sick and they cleaned it up. So, you know, controlling these diseases is not just the health sector. There's definitely an urban planning component as well. And I think after that cholera map by John Snow, that's when we started to see a lot more emphasis being put on sewers and, mm. um, and other infrastructure things like that 
um, that, that made a big difference. And so I think as planners, we have to you know, stay vigilant that there are hazards like these out there. So, you know, what's the next, what's the, what's the sewer for 2020 you know, equivalent that's going to keep this off of our backs? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting too. I had um, a conversation with my dad about this too, because it's, it's reacting to coronavirus, but at the same time for a lot of people who have the luxury to do so, it's an experiment in a ton of people working remotely mm. and thinking about how that's also going to change the setup of people's workplaces because you can look at like people with the advent of the automobile people moved to the suburbs because it meant that they didn't have to live close to their jobs per se because they could just drive instead and so now if we have the capacity to work wirelessly and remotely, it kind of comes down to that question of, does this mean that people will then be exiting the cities as well? So it's a consideration of that. And even just, you know, talking about questions of density and access just related to getting sickness in general, it kind of brings me back to another point that we've talked about a little bit before, probably on a future episode, because the, the time <laughs> yeah. frame on this is kind of super weird. But, you know, it, it comes back to walkable and bikeable density. And a huge part of that is having access to amenities that you were talking about. So I think that that then becomes super important at the same time. It's, I would rather be living in a city in the time of this that is very dynamic and responsive and has a lot of the amenities that I need, whether it's access to healthcare or, you know, groceries and things along that line, as opposed to being like if I just pissed off and went to the mountains and then ended up with coronavirus and the hospital might be a three hour drive away. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't think people are going to give up on being close to stuff. I think that pro Pinquity is one of the, the best things about living in a city. The fact that you have all these things around you and your friends around you and you don't have to get in the car. Um, that's like why we live in cities. And so the, the, <laughs> yeah. like if, if the city is safe, people will, will come back to it. Especially, like I say this a lot, but cities keep on getting better and better. Like once we get the electric car, they're going to be even quieter. There's going to be even fewer emissions. I think people are stuck in this mindset of like, oh, all the water's polluted, like it smells bad, no one wants to be there. <laughs> this, you know, two generations ago, that was true in cities, and, and even yeah. more, like the cities were even worse. There were these terrible, smoky places. Like, they just keep on becoming more and more like little utopias, and I, I really don't see yeah. the, the tide turning where people start fleeing away. If anything, the internet has caused more FOMO and people wanting to be in the, the city center. But, mm. but, so... I did want to address the issue about <laughs> remote working because I do th yes. I do think it hit me up. I do think it could be the start of the death of the office culture where oh, where people realize that you don't need to be sitting in a chair and that like a good manager isn't someone with a clipboard walking around but someone who actually just gets things done. So we mm. we might see the edges start to fray on that. And then the the other point I wanted to make was the fact that the world continues to spin. Like, okay, like, granted, the, the, the stock... Can we get a fact check on yeah, that yeah. real quick? The, the, the stock market is down, but food is still being provided. People are still getting their basic necessities, but no one's mm. working. It's so, like, what does that mean? Like, does that mean that it's like the, the systems have been built to such an effect that I want to say... Like, I, it would be kind of interesting to know how many people have been furloughed or sent home. Like, were we mm. all working for no reason? I guess is you know you know what I mean it's like hey, oh man if, 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 if like all these people could have like just been at home not doing anything were we 
just spinning our wheels. And I, I think that's a more fundamental question. And if like, if we do realize that, you know, all we really needed was farmers and people to, to man the grocery stores, like what does that mean for, for the human race? <laughs> like, what, what else should we be doing? And, and, and for that, there's this really great philosopher, um, Constant uh, Neuenhaus, who's, who's kind of like an urban planning philosopher who, who imagined cities in a world of um, post-scarcity when like no one had it had to work anymore which is kind of like a funny thought experiment but we're doing it like people really yeah. just like aren't working right now except for those like people who who are essential, are essential. yeah essential like but, like yeah. what's the percentage of essential workers yeah it's two two kind of parts on that the first is um it is kind of funny to a degree because i think that that's a, a very good point of it's like a nice little bit of existentialist dread, but it's it's, it's, it's not dread; it's optimism. Well, yeah, well, it's whichever way you want to spin it. It's um, like optimistic nihilism, some something like that. But it's I always think about um, I think it was Oscar Wilde, and just remember reading a piece by him that was kind of talking about you know the ultimate end goal is you want to be able to have a life that you can dedicate to and i could be completely butchering this because i read it a while ago but it's you want to dedicate your life to you know the things that you like pursuing art and kind of get away from a lot of these tasks that you might just have to do at the moment because there's no one else to do them and you need money so i'm wondering if that's kind of gonna lead into more of a socialist approach kind of as you're saying like if we find out that really we are just spinning our wheels and then the the other part that kind of comes into it is um it's the the test of the the workplace but also it's a test to see it's like a progress report of where different systems are in different areas dependent on how they respond to this which is fascinating to a degree as well yeah so anyway that was a- dude this is a weird ass time to be alive sorry <laughs> tangent over <laughs> go for a minute yeah so that, that was a pretty big tangent um <laughs> I think that um, oh god you know in, in terms of like other things that you know, like an urban planner might think about <clears throat> in terms of what they could do after this is over really thinking about uh, trying to improve some of like these services to places that don't necessarily have them so you know right now mm. indeed we are hearing about you know the Seattle's Boston's etc but once COVID makes its way into underserved areas I think we're going to see even bigger issues and mm. making sure that you know primary healthcare services are abundant in those places has shown to limit the the growth of diseases like this. For example, in the slums of some of these areas hit by Ebola, mm. like the the growth was so exponential because there weren't these kind of unglamorous primary clinics or tertiary hospitals catering to those you know kind of local people. Everyone was throwing all their their money at building these big shiny hospitals for the international elite instead so Yikes. yeah i'm kind of curious to see or not curious but like what shape is this thing going to take long term in um in some of our countries and i really don't trust the numbers coming out of places like china and russia and i think you know other people are calling them into question just because like this yeah. thing is so under tested and for 80 percent of the people the symptoms are very mild and so mm. you know what what are the actual numbers like how is it actually growing something that we we get to find out yeah no it's 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 very strange 
So it's and it's it's interesting because I mean at the start of this episode we've talked about urban planning for pandemics and stuff, but I think one of the big things that I'm getting from this conversation is just the fact that to a degree a lot of things are potentially gonna change following this pandemic in general. And it feels like a, a wild experiment and test of what works and what doesn't. And I think it's going to be super interesting because moving on from this event, we might see a lot of things change. And I'm going to be interested to see as to what's innovated, what's focused on, and what kind of might be more of a return to to what it was before or just even older historic kind of things yeah. um, in urban planning and urban design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe like re, reuniting the, the public health and, and urban design fields in a way that exactly. that's been kind of neglected for a bit. Yeah. And and one of the big things that we do discuss in this in this podcast as well, um, that will become more evident as more episodes release. But it, it comes down to there's so many different factors and disciplines that come into urban design and urban planning, urban studies, urban whatever you want to call it. And maybe this is one of those moments that really kind of calls for that where it's, you know, when we look at urban designing for the future coming from this event, it has to be a much more multidisciplined kind of focus that we'll take into more, we'll take into account with, um, you know, scientific findings and more public health information and whoever knows what other kind of topics. So Nice. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That was a good wrap-up, yeah. I like That's, it. Yeah, I think I, I think I've spent uh, you know said everything I have to say on the topic. I recommend you go, yeah. go check out the article, um, you know, because you yeah. probably haven't read enough COVID articles, you know, lately. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, this the nice thing is that this that sweet optimistic uh, cynicism coming out again. Um, this isn't going to be the the last time we're going to deal with a pandemic. Yeah. Um, it's not the first time that we're dealing with a pandemic, but. Throughout all of this, the only hope is that we just do better and better each time. So you don't have to read this article thinking strictly of COVID, but just as just read it and think about cities in general. And for the next pandemic, God willing, um, just thinking about what kind of place would you want to be in and what how. Oh man, how do I even phrase this? Um, just what do you want the cities to look like and how do you want them res- to respond to things like this? So, we'll see. But yeah, that, that does it for me, man. I can I can finish my ranting. <laughs> and uh, we can go into a media consumption. Nice. Because I think... Uh, I mean, I might just be speaking for myself as well, but it, it feels like media consumption has become very a lot more present in this time because I can't go outside and part of exploring the great indoors is um, bunkering down and watching stuff and listening to music and uh, all that kind of stuff yeah I think now more so. than ever the like all the screens that we've surrounded ourselves with are windows to the outside world because we can't really go there and so yeah I know that with like our two year old and three year old we're letting them watch more TV than we ever thought we would you know, we were always like the no TV family, <laughs> yep. but then like, hey, yep. it turns out if you want to like also both work 40 hours a week and 
you were sick. Oh, yeah, he has this like, so we're like, we're, we're throwing a lot of educational program, programming at them and trying to watch the movies as we can. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I, actually, I saw a good one last night that was a recommendation. Um, it was um, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, which was um, it's a Korean movie. It's a Western movie, like, like a cowboy movie, but it's Korean. And it's got the same oh, lead yeah. actor in it who was the dad in um, uh, Parasite. Yeah. Oh, wild. Yeah, he's like this like goofy <laughs> thief. It's great. It's like it's a fun it's a fun action movie. It's not very Hell deep yeah. and meaningful, but um, it was enjoyable. Dude, nice. Hell yeah. And uh, what you've been listening to, man? Uh, I have been listening to a couple of things. Um, there's been some pretty good DJ sets done from isolation, including oh, hell yeah. one done done by my boy um, Mallgrab. And, um, oh, and that, dude, I've been banging that shit that you sent me recently. It's so good. Yeah, and then to my joy, he released an album like, a couple days after that uh, that live set on YouTube. And yeah, that, that that's been oh, a fun yeah. a fun album. And then Nicholas Yar made an album for himself and then released it to people for no reason. <laughs> 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 that has gotta be yo it's gonna be so confusing when the episodes are released yeah. and that it comes out with this one first and they're just like man they really don't like Nicholas Yar <laughs> and they get further down their line and it's like oh shit like we fucking love like against all logic yeah all this stuff it's biggest <laughs> top 10 anime betrayals yeah exactly it's just uh, beautiful apparently, apparently um, you put all like his angst and, and what he like hate or like you know bad energy into against all logic which is like we both yeah. agree is like really fun chopped and screwed pop songs and oh my god hell and yeah. then he put all of his like love into this and it's just it sounds like a big wet fart <laughs> <laughs> like honestly like when you when you like, said it to me before i was like damn i just i don't want to wish evil on any, anyone but like dude get more angry <laughs> like, yeah. like the world is still kind of shitty like give me more of that rage music yeah or, or just you oh, know, don't man. don't release this album i don't know we love you nicholas you are but it's, this thing was, was weird yeah it's I, I don't know man you get into that whole conversation of like uh like it's important for an artist to release music for themselves because like that's how they can make really really good work but i mean there's a threshold to it as well and i don't know this is one of those just instances where i'm just not into it no the whole album Which, isn't bad there's like a couple good moments on there and maybe like if yeah. i was in the right headspace i could like listen to the whole thing as like some kind of like soundtrack but um yeah. what you know maybe it's just not maybe it's not meant for being in isolation who knows i'm, I'm cutting him a lot of slack here <laughs> well, I think, you're right, maybe I've been a little too harsh, but, um, I mean, what I'd kind of frame it as is, like, it sounds more like an ambient album, and, uh, like, I already know my ambient heavy hitters, like, yeah. if I want to listen to, like, some really jammy, weird ambient music, like, I'm gonna listen to Tim Hecker, Finesse, like, some of OPN's stuff, like, I, I already have, like, my line of of dudes that I'm gonna listen to because yep. I know exactly what kind of ambient I want to listen to or even yeah friggin Apex Twin like selected ambient works like that's my friggin favorite yeah um, yeah it's a, it's a tough like, genre to go into yeah and it's like if I want to listen to like these really 
kind of industrial, hard-hitting, um, messed-up pop bangers than I'm gonna come back to Against All Logic and my boy Nico Yar. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. It's weird. <laughs> but, hell yeah, those are some good ones. I've been trying to push myself and listen to some more, um, discover some more stuff. I'm actually stoked, because at time of recording, Eve Toomer's new album comes out tomorrow. Oh, sweet. So I'm gonna be listening to that non-stop. I've been listening to Kelly Owens, or Kelly Lee Owens, which has been amazing. More kind of a recent discovery, so I don't fully know how to describe it yet, but her music is rad. Okay. Um, and remember when we had that conversation at one point about just, uh, you know, my shitty interest in, like, cyberpunk clothing and how that ties into music I really like? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it, I hate myself. What a time to be alive. Um, so, so I kind of, I went back to some of the lookbook videos and I... Because <laughs> I was like, I need some more music. What a place to, um, what a place to soul search. Oh, uh, uh, dude, oh, I've never loathed myself as much as like, I just go to like these different Ooh. videos and scroll Who's down. The music like, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. That's what I've been doing. And it's been so shitty because I've been running. And like some of it just features unreleased like music oh. from these groups. But the songs are so good. So I'm just running with my phone, which is just like playing this dude, like showing the functionality of a fucking jacket. And it's like, thank God, like no one else can see this right now because I look like an idiot. But with that said, I got some really good music. I've been listening to... um. This group, or maybe it's a dude, I don't fully know, uh, called Bytone. Um, oh, it's one dude uh, named Olaf Bender. And uh, there's this one song called Plastic Star that just fucking slaps. It's very good. And then this other group called Diamond Version, which is also very good. I have a sneaking suspicion that this, uh, the friggin' jacket manufacturer is just like handpicking different songs from Rasta Notons label but they just end up being such bangers that like i'll watch as many jacket videos as i need to in order to get this sweet sweet music that's funny yeah i, I have like a kind of like similar confession from when i was much younger and <laughs> hell yeah like james bond came out and it had like or what not maybe it was even like one of them like basically like i was so hungry for electronic music that i would like listen to like soundtracks like movie soundtracks oh, like, for like yeah. the action sequences because i was like yeah it's like it's got the beeps and the bloops, and then I grew up, but... Yeah, you gotta take it where you can find it. <laughs> Dude, for real, and sometimes, like, it's so weird because, like, like all it took for me was to watch one, one of these friggin' jacket videos sometime in college, and I was like, wow, I have never heard anything like this in my life. Um, and I've never wanted a $900 me... jacket so much. God, I'm still struggling with that. <laughs> it really... It's so dumb, man. It's so friggin' dumb. It's a rain jacket. No one needs that kind of shit. <laughs> um, but it's like... Yeah, and it's it's weird to like know that you have that as a resource. Because, um, like, I mean, I still... To a degree, that's how I got into stuff like Nine Inch Nails and more ambient music, because I'd watch, like, The Social Network or um, uh, Gone Girl or something else, and, like, just be thinking like man the soundtracks to this really like are really good and then like from there you get into like trent reznor and atticus ross and then into like nine inch nails and it's weird to know that like there are still these like reliable standbys of like i can return to like 
maybe the the Fight Club OST or um, some of these other like random videos because like I know that they have like certified gems in them and it just works. Yeah, Fight Club, that was another one. Oh. I don't know if that's like you were talking about the movie, but like that was another one. They had like Dust Brothers on the sa- on the soundtrack. Yo, dude, the Dust Brothers are so good. Yeah. Um it's it's wild because like I remember trying to track down like some of those like songs on like just online in general and it's just so difficult to find. Yeah. Like talking about this like brings me back to like Napster days. Oh hell yeah, LimeWire and shit. <laughs> like find me all oh, the man. Dust Brothers songs. And of course there, there like aren't any. It's just like that one track. It's it's weird like that certain kind of like scarcity of music. It's same with like once again the jacket video and like the unreleased songs that they put it on. <laughs> Back to and the it's jacket like video. Yeah. It, dude, comes full circle, baby. Snake eating its own tail. Um, and, like, you wonder, like... Uh, like, I'm sure it's going to get to a point as well where it's like, all right, I'm going to have to find something that can rip audio from Vimeo. And, like, I mean, I'm sure to a degree that's how a lot of, like, that LimeWire and Napster stuff kind of gets gets around. It's like you've got people who are listening to these really cool songs um, that you can't like find anywhere. So it's like, all right, I'm gonna rip it from this YouTube video, or I'm gonna, you know, export this weird Polynesian like metal band from this floppy disk I have, <laughs> and just like upload that to where other people can get a hold of it. And it's amazing. So I don't know. It's wanna end this gracefully with a uh, a city of the week, my dude. Yeah, yeah, sweet. So city of the week is. Um... <laughs> so, oh, I'm, so I'm just yeah. gonna read it the way that it, it looks in English, which is Jun 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 Junu? Or oh, damn it. Jun, <laughs> Jun, well, so it's funny, if you Google it and, and you're looking at it on Google Maps, it's Jun Junu, but the spelling that I got from the database is a little bit different. So let's go with Jun Junu. It's in northern India, and uh, it's like a couple, it's a little bit west of New Delhi. It seems to be kind of a local hub. It's got a bunch of roads leading into it. It's got a bit of a ring road going on. It's got a mountain yeah. in the middle, which is always a cool thing for a city to have, kind of like um, a Montreal. And then um, it's got some pretty neat architecture that's um, highlighted when you when you Google it. It's like kind of neat building with a lot of arches. And um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's yeah. a place in Rajasthan. Yep. Hell yeah. Sick. Well, shout out to that place that I get worried about pronouncing. <laughs> um, no, it is super cool. Looks like it's got a high density of um, different types of temples, which is pretty cool too. Yeah, and the, the housing stock looks, re- looks really ancient. I bet, it, I bet it's a very historied mm-hmm. place. Um, yeah. The urban form is, is like really organic, like you might imagine like an old Muslim city to be. Hell yeah, with like kind of that like cell type um, formation with like more of that courtyard yeah, style. Yeah, courtyards and like solid uh, city walls or, or street walls, I should say. Oh, hell I'm yeah. Into it. Oh, we should have um, visit here. Yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. I would too. Uh, not in this current <laughs> pandemic, but you know, at some point. Once you've had it, um, you're immune. You can just go wherever you want. That's my. Let me go get someone to cough on me, <laughs> and then uh, I'll book my tickets. <laughs> be a super sweater oh uh, yeah. it's either that or i'll die <laughs> it's 50 50 oh man that seems like a good a place as any to wrap up um but yeah you've been listening to urban um subscribe if you like it don't if you don't 
check out the music recs at least because they're fire and uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll uh we'll see you further down the line in this weird apocalyptic um dystopia up and will peace bye